Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hour number two of an extended nightcap coming up as we get ready for the Sabres to take on the Las Vegas Golden Knights later tonight at 10 pregame with Brian Koziel and Paul Hamilton. Coming up at 9 in just about an hour. Frank, did you watch the World Cup final on Sunday? So I needed to catch up on some sleep. But Understandable, knowing your knowing your work schedule. Totally not, not, I mean, I'm not doing overnights anymore now, but at the same time, like, I have had trouble sleeping the last couple I nights. Sleep. I was puppy sitting as well, so oh. the dog is having zoomies at two a.m. Of course, of course, and she's a German Shepherd, so it's <laughs> even worse. Um, <laughs> but I was able to watch pretty much. I, I was able to tune in after France had tied it at two. Oh, all right. Which so. obviously. I basically watched all of the extra time and then the penalty kicks. So which, the electric stuff. Yes, the real electric stuff. I will tell you. So I watched the first half at home. I, I had to run errands. Me and my brother were going to go out. We were going right. to get some stuff for this week. And, you know, coming up to Christmas because we're going to host Christmas. And I'm, I'm on liquor and alcohol duty for my family. So, okay. we, you know, we were going to go out and do that. And so we watched the first half. But Argentina had gone up to nothing. So we're like, all right, we're going to leave. And while we're out, it was like, oh, you know what? Like, we're passing by the studio. I'll just come in. I don't really want to come in early today and mm-hmm. make my open for Show Bulldog. So I'll just do that, you know, going in. It'll take five, ten minutes, nothing mm-hmm. crazy, and then we'll leave. And I'll say hi to Lucas Buckley, who's another producer that, uh, you know, does so much for the station. So I was like, all right, I'll say hi to Lucas the whole thing. I'm making the open, and I hear Lucas cheer, and I'm like, oh, maybe Argentina won. So, like, I finish up, and me and my brother, like, walk over there, and, and France had tied it. And I was like, oh, no. We stayed here for like another 15 minutes to yeah, get the extra time. Just to watch. Ran home then, essentially. Right. Clearing out all the groceries with me, my dad, and my brother. We're clearing out the groceries. By the time I sit back down, Messi had scored. And I'm like, because I'm rooting oh, for so, okay, so then point. you watch. So then by the time you sit down, Messi scores, make it 3-2. to two. Yeah, like Immediately as I sit down. Right. Okay, okay. They do the video replay. He, yep. he scored definitely. Yep. And the play was onside as yep. well. That and was good. Yeah. Yeah. I watched that one. The yeah. butt of God. Love yeah. that. Yeah. And then and then France gets another penalty. And Mbappe yep. scores. Yep. He scores on a penalty kick. And to me at that point, and, and I'm I guess I'm a relatively new soccer watcher. I mm-hmm. like I've been a fan of soccer for like eight years, but like in terms of like me getting up like most weekends because I'm an early riser and like watching a soccer game, yep. it's probably about four or five years. Mm-hmm. That was by far the best soccer game I've ever watched. It 
It w- not far. only that, I was uh, talking with friends. Uh, mm-hmm. I went out, you know, Sunday night for dinner with some friends and everything. We were talking about it. They were one of my friends was like, that was the greatest sporting event I have ever seen. And I agree with that. Oh, yeah. Like, just like, not even just soccer. Yeah. Just sporting event because you had the storylines number one of yes. Mbappe. Mbappe is looking to be just the greatest World Cup player of all time at yep. twenty four years old. Yeah. Then you have the storyline that everyone hears about, which is Messi. Is he going to win a World Cup? Is he going to be yeah. able to get it done? Can he finally get it done before he retires? And to everyone's surprise, Mbappe and Messi just decide to both go Super Saiyan. Yep. They were exceptional in extra time in in the penalty shoot like. Those two decided we are simply put the best players at this sport on earth. And we are going to be the best players at this sport on earth. Mbappe, with the final kick of extra time before the penalty shootout, just essentially dangling dudes. Yeah. And gets a shot off. And you're just like, oh, my word. Yeah. Like, to me, the closest thing without the actual, like, buildup as well, because this is the World Cup final, not the Super Bowl, Mm-hmm. was the AFC divisional round between Mahomes and Allen where yeah. it did feel Just like back and forth. I'm watching two different people playing this game. Yeah. There are 30 other quarterbacks in this sport that start, mm-hmm. and none of them are these two. Yeah. That I, was the only game I have felt that exact same way where it was just like I'm watching two different people play a sport. Yeah. The only the only comparable like for, I guess, maybe even hockey would mm-hmm. be if you look at today's game, it's – Stanley Cup, it's Game 7, and it's Edmonton, let's say Edmonton and Toronto, and McDavid has three goals and Matthews has three goals. That would be the only thing. That would be the only comparable. That's the only comparable. Because Mbappe, I didn't even mention this, finishes with a hat trick. Yeah. And Messi has two goals. Yeah. And and maybe the sickest pass on a a non-assist you're going to see. Mm-hmm. Like, they both were... Unbelievable. And, of course, it also came down to the fact that the winner was going to win the, the player of the tournament as well. Messi ends up winning it, obviously, because Argentina yeah. wins. But it, I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, wow. Like, this is the best sporting event you're going to see in years. I mean, There's the World a, Cup now is gone for four years. The next time yeah. it'll be played is in America and Canada and Mexico. It's, it's the North That's American gonna be great. World Cup. I can't wait. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I think the sport has exponentially grown in the United States. It's only going to get better for the next four years. And then when it's... In every major city, in the summer again, mm-hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be off the charts. I can't wait. And and also as well, you're gonna have the changing of the guard. This was Messi's last World Cup. This is Ronaldo's last World Cup. Yeah. Now it's Mbappe, Holland for Norway. We'll see if they get in next year. They mm-hmm. should with the expansion of the, of the World Cup to 48 teams. But man, I was like, I was like, I can't believe we're gonna have to wait four years for this. Now the women's play, I want to say this summer. I think this summer they play as well. The women's team is dominant. So if you want to watch just a good old fashioned just karate chop to the throat, uh, watch the U.S. women's team. They they kill teams on a regular. They're incredible. They're so much fun to watch as yep. well. Back to football though. Jalen Hurts is injured. At least from all the reports, of course, you know nothing officially announced from the mm-hmm. Philadelphia Eagles. You you won't get that until the injury reports. But sustained or uh, strained non-throwing shoulder, it's likely out for probably two weeks, if not the regular season, just to give him all that rest. It started to look like Hertz was going to win the MVP. He was it really did. the The thing thing too was if, for me, he was my number two. Were you thinking Mahomes? I was thinking Mahomes. Mahomes. I just think. I just think, like, the Eagles haven't had as much... They've had duds on offense this year, mm-hmm. 
but they haven't had him as much, many as I've seen from the Bills. And then Mahomes is just being Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes, Mahomes is Mahomes. And I think at, at this point, too, Allen can also probably fit in this category as well. We have really downplayed how great Mahomes is. Like, yeah. we have really downplayed well, I, like, they, how exceptionally different he is. It's be just because of the expectation yep. level for him, just for him alone. Yeah, like, he, he never got that grace period in the NFL. No. He, he, the he first came year in he starts, and he the throw, world on fire. Yeah, his first year starting, he throws 50 touchdown passes. Yeah. Like, we've never known bad Mahomes. Or even Mahomes where it's like, no, nothing middling. Pains. Yeah. yeah like, nothing. I would agree with you. I, for me, I thought Herbst was going to win it just because the Eagles, to me, it, it felt like they were going to be 15 and 1. Yeah. And he would be around there with touchdowns and yardage, total yardage and total touchdowns with yeah. Mahomes and Allen and Burrow mm-hmm. and Herbert. And I was like, okay, they'll, they'll, they'll give it to Hertz as, as well because he's the fun story. Mm-hmm. He was the guy that was kind of like, oh my God, like, oh, okay, he's great. He's awesome. Yeah, he was the guy going in. You were thinking, is he even going to be the starter next mm-hmm. year? And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, oh, Gardner, sit down. Like, yeah. <laughs> Minch- not Minch- only is he going to be the starter next year, he's going to get a massive contract. He's going to get a huge contract. But now it feels wide open. Number one, he, number one, he goes is, down. Though. Number two, Allen on Saturday night put up to me what felt like a true, honest to God MVP performance. I felt that way. Yeah. Five thirty left on the clock. He drains all of it. Yep, every second and puts up four touchdown passes. Not a single one to a receiver. Over yeah. three hundred yards, almost eighty yards rushing, including what looked like a fifty-five yard rush up the sideline. Mm-hmm. In the cold, a huge divisional game essentially locks up. The AFC East. Yeah. And puts them on what feels like a very comfortable. I mean, let's look back at the AFC East, or excuse me, the uh, the New York Times playoff predictor. Right now, the round one by, so the one seed, the Bills sit at 53%. Yep. Then the Chiefs at 34, and then the Bengals at 13. That to me is where I now think it. there's a real, real chance Allen wins the MVP because to me, I think the NFL MVP has now become the best, well, not even the best, but the quarterback to a one-seed team. I think realistically the award typically comes down to two players. Mm-hmm. The NFC's number one overall seed quarterback and the AFC's number one overall seed quarterback. We saw it when Allen finished in second to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. The NFC's number one overall seed. Was he the NFC number one overall seed the first year he won it? Because Rodgers went back to back years. Yes, he was. I think I, I think the Packers. Good, okay, I think the Packers a, two years in a row. That's a good point. Then uh, yeah, that's interesting. And it, and it seems like that is what it's become. Because it even, also even feels year, like I was going to say too. It also feels like they give it to somebody when it feels like it's their turn to win. Yes, it. They, and, the, and the NFL tried openly and kind of brazenly to give it to Russell Wilson. Yeah. They really tried to build up those narratives of, well, you know, Russell Wilson's never even, you know, achieved a, a vote. How, how has that happened? And Russell, essentially, each time they did that, it just fell flat. Yeah. It, and especially this year, but even in years prior, even when he had good years, it was like, oh, he fell off a cliff from weeks week 11 to 17. And you just, you, you yep. couldn't even justify giving him a vote, let alone the award. Right. But Allen, to me, now I've been somebody, Frank, I, I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this off air or even on air. Um, I've been somebody though. I don't necessarily want Allen to win the MVP. Not, really? Not yet, at least. Okay. Because the last NFL MVP winner to also win the Super Bowl in the same year was Kurt Warner, ninety-eight. Mm. It has really become an award that a guy gets, really because he kind of is the most valuable player, because his team just is not that good comparatively to others. I think we've really gotten to a point in the NFL where teams kind of know you can turn it on and off to kind of get certain wins, to push through a, 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 a run of your schedule. Right. And that truly talented teams outplay just everybody else. Like, talent will win out. Coaching will win out. 
yeah. you'll see teams that maybe finished with well, now the seventh seed or the sixth seed before we're just every, every game was just go 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 yep. go go we're yep. not that good we like we need to play at 120 percent every day where some of these teams it's yeah, we'll get the one seed. We'll get the two seed. Like we're good. Our division's not that good. We're fine. Because for years the two seed would also get a buy. Yeah, did have that. So you could kind of more spread the MVP around. For me, I think there's a real chance Allen does win the MVP. I, I think we've really entered that conversation again because while Mahomes maybe would put up the stats, I do think voters are going to look at that he lost to both the Bengals and Bills, and that would mm-hmm. likely potentially put them either at the two or three seed. And then if it, Allen, obviously that's assuming yeah. the, that both teams, at the very oh, least, yes. the Bills and Chiefs have the same record. Now, this being with said, the Bills having the tiebreaker. To me personally, I think the MVP award is over in two weeks if Allen beats the Chiefs, or I'm um, not the beats Chiefs, the Bengals. Beats the Bengals. Yeah. I think to me personally, he may not win the award, but we'll walk away. I think a lot of NFL talking heads will also walk away going, "Okay, but there's a very specific quarterback in Western New York that beat all of the AFC playoff teams. Yeah, like all of them. Yeah, and I think that'll have to be." A conversation that some of these writers are going to have too, where it does kind of feel like that 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 Monday night game really is going to decide the NFL MVP mm-hmm. because as well you might be looking at Cincinnati now they're at ten and four and the Chiefs are at eleven and three. I honest to God don't know if I see the Chiefs losing another game. So no. the Bengals could wind up with the three seed just based off of win loss record, not actually tiebreakers. But if you, if you give the, the the MVP award to Patrick Mahomes after losing to the first seed quarterback and this is and this scenario is completely based off of Bills one, Chiefs two, Cincinnati three. Right. If you give him the award and he lost to the one seed quarterback in Allen and the three seed quarterback in, in Burrow, I think that's just ridiculous. And I'm also someone I can of see of, the logic of how it would be very hard to justify it. It would be very hard to justify it. And I'm also somebody it's not a theory, it's more I, I have this sinking feeling. And I sinking feeling sounds negative. I guess I yeah, I guess it's a theory. That the NFL desperately wants Allen and Mahomes to be the better version of Brady and Manning, mm-hmm. which to me personally it already is. The early seasons of Brady Manning was, yes, a matchup technically, but it was just Brady winning. Yeah, it was Manning playing awful and Manning win or and, and Brady winning. Where this is already back and forth, an already yeah. historic game that took quite a long time for Brady Manning to actually achieve. Like now we've gotten to a point where like these two are just the cream of the crop and they play their best football against one another that the best way to now make it truly their equals Allen gets an MVP, Allen gets MVP yeah. Mahomes has his MVP yeah. and then they kind of just sit back and go now it's up to Allen to to win a Super Bowl to win a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP yeah now with that being said I mean let's be real too like if the bill like if the Bills win a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. it's probably because Allen does something superhuman anyway. There's no – I have thought about this so many times because I'll throw in like Super Bowl MVP kind of like as like a throwaway. Yeah. And I've had like a few of my friends go, you don't think like Devin Singletary could get it? Or like no. you don't think a defensive player could get it? And I and I, I sit there and like I – I can Not think... nastily, but I do say it. I'm like, I'm like, you're telling me right now you believe the Bills will win a Super Bowl without Allen putting out an MVP performance? Right. That's the like, thing. Like we're Bills fans. We know this. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can think of probably – Two guys, mm-hmm. maybe three on defense who could win the MVP over Allen. One of which is out for the season. One of which isn't ACL. playing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the other, but the other two, I can think of easily. Maybe even, maybe even three as well. Even if you don't include Von Miller in that, Greg Rousseau, because he come on, he could come on. He, he exactly. could have a three set game on a yep. left field, and you're like, oh, you oh, forgot okay. about him. Yeah, <laughs> um, Jordan Poyer, absolutely, and Matt Milano. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say Trey White, but I said Milano. No. Yeah, it's Milano. You're right. You're yeah. right. Yep. We know we can see uh, when Milano takes over a game. Milano's head game had had these ridiculous games where he has like 15 tackles. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, wait, wait a second. Yeah, you're like, there are oh, other yeah. people on the field. What is going on here? <laughs> he's, he's just he's involved in every player. single play, even if they're throwing or running it. Mm-hmm. He finds a way. He'll find a way to almost get an interception. But in the Super Bowl, he'll win the MVP because he did get one. Like oh, I can yeah. see, like yeah. I can see that yeah. as well. And well, Allen will have a 350 know, honestly, yard game thinking, as well. Thinking about this though. There was a bit of controversy when Mahomes won his MVP. He had two interceptions, didn't play that yeah, great. Yeah, they, they had to come back in that in that game, and yeah, they were down. Yeah, they were. 49ers had that game blocked. If Jimmy Garoppolo could have hit that deep bomb, yeah. they would have had that. Wow. That, that Super Bowl was fun. It was I, a I'm good now game. thinking back to that because I, I remember that Super Bowl kind of vividly because I was rooting for the Chiefs. Mahomes was so much fun. And I remember watching the year prior's AFC Championship game. I was at my then-girlfriend's house. She was at a sorority meeting. I was completely alone in the house just watching that game and being, like, furious at, oh, was it Frank Clark? I think Frank Clark lined up offside in overtime. Oh, yeah, And yeah, I yeah. was furious. Yep. I was like, this is absurd. Because <laughs> to me it was like Mahomes is a di- – and, and at this point, you know, Josh Allen hadn't broken out. We, we had no idea it was going to be there. So for me I was just like, yeah, he was a no, rookie I, in I'm watching year. this freak of nature. I just mm-hmm. – I want to see this 50-touchdown rookie win the Super Bowl. And, and of course, he's playing Brady. And I was, I was furious. Oh, what a season. What a season. The Bills went 6-10. and 10. I, it's, it's, a, it's a fever dream. But to it me, it's like so long ago. It does, doesn't it? Like, I mean, like that's the thing too. Like the Bills, an afterthought. I mentioned this the first hour before you got here. An afterthought. The Bills clinched the playoffs after beating Miami, but we've gotten now to a point where it's just it's become a regularity. Like the, it's the last four years they've made the playoffs. Yeah, last five or five of the last six. Mm-hmm. Like it's become such a regularity that the Bills will be in the AFC playoff picture. Just write them in 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 permanent ink. Like like they're they're good. Just write them in pen. They're in, and which. You know, me and you growing up, like, our our Super Bowl was being in the hunt at Week 12. Mm-hmm. Like, you saw, like, we're going back to this. Like, if they were 5-6, and six, you were like, look at us. Look at us. Three of those wins like, were crazy. Oh, hey, hey, we got a chance. Look at that. Like, I, like so for me, like, now being 11-3 <laughs> and three and talking about the one seed and being like, yeah, playoffs, whatever. Like, I, I knew that was a foregone conclusion is absolute insanity to me. But, like, you know, it's something I'm much more comfortable with now. Obviously, I didn't sit here going like, Oh my gosh, guys! Like we we come to playoffs. Like now, again for me, it's like a foregone conclusion. But it is cool, like to see like the differences in in how they're run now. Like now, I would consider the Bills on on par with the Baltimore Ravens of that just consistently like no matter who's on the roster, no matter what year, it feels like they're just going to be a playoff team. Like th- th- yeah. that to me is like I, yeah. I guess the biggest praise I can give the Ravens there is just it didn't matter who their quarterback was. It was like yeah, but they're going to be at least ten and six, and they'll get in the playoffs. Like now, like the Bills. They're going to be a top three seed. They'll be in the playoffs. You're constantly in the Super Bowl hunt. That will change as, as years go on. Allen's contract hits. We'll have a few drafts where maybe they don't hit perfect. I love Brandon Bean, but that will happen. Yeah, I mean, we can see see ones that have happened already. But at the same yeah. time, yeah, you know, they're going to happen again. And But then they'll have, he'll have one where he hits a tremendous, tremendously. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you, look, you look back to the Allen draft. I mean, Tremaine yeah. Edmonds has now become a player where you're like, uh, you, you, you have to pay him. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know yep. how they're going to let Edmonds walk. I think they're going to let other people walk first before Edmonds. Yeah. But I, I will say, I though, go, going into this this draft, I'm I'm Brandon, I'm going to need a receiver in the first round. Yeah. I'm – please. Please. Like, just anybody. Yeah. That's the thing, too. I won't even really be picky on who. I just – within the first 32 picks, I would like a wide receiver. Would be nice. 
We're going to take a quick time out and we come back. We'll switch sides to hockey as we get ready for 9 p.m. pregame with Brian Koziel and Paul Hamilton as the Sabres get ready to take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Tage Thompson, the second straight week, he wins the NHL's second star, loses out to Alexander Ovechkin after he hits 800 goals in his career. Along with that, we'll talk a little bit about power. He's been out. That's a weird story. We'll do that. And we'll jump around the NFL as well. We'll take your calls also at 803-0550 on whatever you want to talk about tonight. The Bills win over the Dolphins, the AFC playoff pitcher, the MVP race, or even the Sabres as well. We'll do all that when we come back here on the Nightcap on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you, along with Frank Arcuri. Frank, in the break, I mentioned if you had seen this Chiefs Aholic story for yeah, the Kansas City not, Chiefs. I did not see this. You have not seen it. There's apparently a Kansas City Chiefs fan that shows up to every game in a wolf costume. Okay. He, he goes to every single game. Okay. Which is like cool. That's super okay. fan. Yeah. The Bills have Elvis. Like that. that totally get it. Yeah. I love it. Do you want to know how he's been funding these trips? Do I want to know? Are uh, you yes? Okay. Cool. So, Let me hear it. So he so he wears a wolf mask. Yes. He has been robbing banks in said wolf mask for like a year to what? fund these trips. Oh my yeah. god. That is awesome. That is amazing, but also like how? What well, so okay, that's my first point. I thought bank robbing was a lost art. Like once we got like all these like like CRTV cameras and stuff like that, like it got to a point where it's like, okay, they can li- like your phone could activate with like a mile away photo of your face on those cameras. Like they're yeah. perfect. Yeah. And you know, the fingerprints and all this stuff. And it, I thought bank robbing was dead. Like, it was lost in the Old West in GTA 5. I thought it was gone. <laughs> Turns out he's like, nay, nay, sir. You just weren't wearing the right equipment. You need to wear a wolf mask. And he did all of this to just attend Chiefs games. What a motive. That is such dedication. It's alarming. What a motive. I just got to imagine, when they finally caught him, when they brought him into the oh. station and they sat him down, if I'm him, number one, you had to have known you were going to get caught. Yeah. F- like, flat out, you have to know, this is such a limited resource here that, like, if I do this more than once, I'm going to jail. It just depends on when. Mm-hmm. So I'm going in there, cocky as can be, sitting down and just relaxing and going, yeah, I went to, like, 15 games before you guys could get me. The moment they ask me the motive, I'm like, yep, to see Chiefs games. You've seen Patrick Mahomes play football? Like, you know for a fact he just went in there and was like, I'll do it again. You've seen oh, him yeah. play? I would do it again. Yeah. Oh. I'll do That's anything insanity. to see Patrick Mahomes live. That is a crazy person. Good that for him. Insane. I mean, terrible that he robbed banks. He probably scared a lot of people when doing oh, yeah. that. But also, like, he had to have talked to somebody before that. That's what I'm thinking about, too. Like, there's no way he just, like, went, like, solo thought, driving home from work probably one day, not yeah. making enough money, clearly not being able to go to see Chiefs games. Maybe he's listening to Chiefs radio as he's driving by at home, and he's just like, I got it. I know what I need to do. I'm going to rob banks. Incredible. And he was, like, a famous fan for, like, dressing up in, like, this wolf costume and, like, incredible. Love it. Oh, there's there's always those weird stories. It's so much fun. That is awesome. Oh. All right, well, before we went to break, we were talking a little bit about the Bills, the AFC playoff pitcher, the NFC playoff pitcher, along with the MVP race. You can give us your thoughts on, you know, the Bills. Seemingly, they're getting real close to, 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 to 
I mean, they're in pole position now, but they're getting real close to locking up that one seed. They still got the Bengals ahead of them. Can call us in as well with the NFC playoff pitcher and the MVP race as a whole with Jalen Hurts potentially being sidelined for two weeks. You do that over at 803-0550. You can also tweet at me at Zachary Jones 198 to give your thoughts on maybe the biggest takeaway you had from Saturday night's game or also what our next topic is going to be, the Sabres. We talked a little bit about it. Tate Thompson, we both think, is just um, awesome. Just Amazing. so much fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, Frank, I'll tell you this as well. The Bills, or I'm sorry, the, the Buffalo sports market right now owns the two craziest stories of development in sports. Yeah, Josh Allen, Tate Thompson, right? I, like I, to me, that feels like a foregone conclusion. Like we own those stories. Mm-hmm. To me, though, Thompson is way crazier. Yes, it 100 okay. oh, percent is. Good, good. So we're, we're in agreement because for me, like, so Josh came in with the pedigree. He was just considered a too raw prospect yes. to really trust. But everyone was like, but if he hits. But, but if he, everyone was like, he has the tools, yeah. but he needs the right situation. He needs the right coaches. Mm-hmm. And if he puts it together, look out. Yeah, the you, you, the you ceiling. Like, he was always looked at going into that draft because as the guy with the highest ceiling. Mm-hmm. Every time. But he was also the one with the lowest floor. Mm-hmm. Easily. Easily. That was so all you the heard biggest for an entire year. Bus pick. Yeah. All you heard for an entire year leading up to that draft class was how boom or bust was he. Yeah. And his boom was considered so big yep. that for months, even like a week before the draft, even after all the stuff of like his accuracy and his completion percentage, after all that had come down, you still had noted like people who cover the draft mocking him to the Cleveland Browns at one. That's yep. how large his boom potential was, which as Bills fans, we are reaping the benefits of said boom potential. Yep. Him and Mahomes are one of one. It's it's those two and that's it. Thompson, to me, at least from what I'm remembering, even when he was drafted, uh, he was a first-round pick, yes, but I don't want to say a, a nothing prospect, but there was just, yes, he has the freak size, and his shot hits triple digits routinely. But I never heard a single person go, yeah, but if you contain that, like you've, you've got a player. Yeah, I mean, it, it's also different with hockey when oh, yeah. it comes, you know, with hockey and football, obviously with the development curves and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean... I do remember hearing reading a story where Thompson in high school was also not, you know, six seven or even six, you know, oh, five. You, you can tell by the he way was, he plays. You can tell you by the way he really plays. He used to be plays. he used to probably be like eight inches shorter. The best way I can describe him is like a basketball player. Yeah. Who in you know, ninth, tenth grade was six one in the team's point guard and then he and grew then, eight inches and yeah. was all of a sudden the team's power forward. Yeah. And it's like, no, he still has all like the ball handling skills, it's just He's literally too tall to now be the point guard. They, mm-hmm. they had to move him over to power forward. Yeah. That's how Thompson plays. He plays like a guy who is, you know, six foot six one, crazy fast with unbelievable hands. He's just stuck in a six seven body. Yep. But I think as well too, and I, 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 I this is not uh, for many people. It is not going to be that situation of I remember exactly where I was when this happened. Um, I had just started working here when Granado had announced. In a way, I guess, announced that Thompson would be playing at center to end mm-hmm. out the preseason. I had just started working here. Yeah, you yeah, you did. And I remember like being like working on the morning show, helping Brayton Wilson out. And like it wasn't a joke. Like people were laughing at it. But going into last year was sort of like a this is an experimental year. We're gonna see what stuff sticks. Yep. And I still remember even that, it was kind of like a are we sure? Yeah, do we it, actually want to do that, that? Too, it was the same thing. I'm just like I'm just like, you're gonna do this? Okay. Like, like, let's see what happens. But like, I mean, they're not he's put up like twenty points total in two years. Yeah, he's a fringe NHLer. I I actually saw something today too. Um, 
It was uh, Jeff Merrick on his uh, show mm-hmm. in Toronto had said that like a couple years ago the Sabres tried to trade him for like a fifth round pick and no one wanted him. And it makes total sense to me. It makes absolutely total sense. sense. Hey, I think in the uh, the shortened year due to COVID, he played like one game with yeah. the Sabres and was down either the in year Rochester prior, or he was injured. Yeah, the year prior he was play he played pretty well in Rochester, mm-hmm. gets called up to play, and then tears his shoulder and yep, yep. first game is out for the year. And like, it, like, so going into last year, when he when and for me, I look at it as almost uh, AD and BC. The day Coronado announces he is moving to center, there was nothing previous for anybody. Mm-hmm. And there's and there's a lot of smart hockey people a- around Buffalo. Nobody was sitting there going, "That's how you do it." That they're going to unlock him right now. Watch, yeah. Just, just keep your eyes peeled. Watch. Nobody. You no knew he had a strong it, no. shot. You knew he had deceptive skill, but it was the turnovers. It was yeah. the wild plays where you're like, dude, you're in you're in front of your own net and you just made a cross ice pass. What are you doing? Yeah. Like there was nothing like that that made you sit there and go, It's about to happen. And then it does. Yeah. Thirty goals, what, thirty one assists? Thirty eight goals last last yeah, season. Thirty eight yeah. goals, thirty one assists. And then he signs the big contract. And I would not blame anybody. For being like, ooh, that might be a bit premature. Maybe they jumped the gun a tad on that. Maybe they got excited because it felt like the moment Eichel left, his replacement literally rose from the ashes. Right. And it was not a guy they traded for. It's not Tuck. It's not Krebs. It's literally the dude that's been on the roster. Mm-hmm. And just Eichel being out was like, oh, I guess we're going to move him to the first line center. Like, okay, let's see what happens. And then all of a sudden. And then this year happens. And it's just yeah. like. An already exceptional year from Thompson that already put him on the map for a lot of people who watch the NHL religiously to go, hey, no, that dude's kind of sick. Like he, He's a lot of fun. Sabres clearly got a player there. But I remember even going into this year, it was kind of like, yeah, but they're missing that guy, that that top-line center that's going to be a big playmaker. That's really going to be that dude. Yeah, even then going mm-hmm. into this year, even after Thompson's uh, season last last year, yeah. everyone was like, yeah, but you know what? If he can keep somewhat keep up that pace, he's going to be a really, really good second-line center for the team going and forward. That, exactly. It was constantly about he's going to be a great second-line center yeah. when the Sabres get good. Because I remember, and this is me personally too, I looked at the assist numbers and went, that, that's got to – that's got to go you up. You want to bring it, it up. Yeah, that's got to go up if you want to be the number one center. And I and I distinctly remember when working the morning show, Granada would come on every Tuesday. Yep. And I remember every time Howard or Jeremy would ask the question of, like, you know, like, Thompson's play, like, you know, what, what does he got to get better at? What, you know, And the assist numbers would start to come up. Granada would just be so dismissive about it. And I'm not saying that in a negative sense. He was just like, no, he's going to be fine. He's one of the best playmakers on the team. Like, guys just aren't converting the chances. Like, guys just aren't ready. I remember him being like, guys just aren't ready for those kind of passes. Yeah. They weren't ready for Tage to make those kinds of passes. Yeah, I guess if you look at it, look look at it like this, too. Are the Leafs going to ask Austin Matthews to be a playmaker? Exactly. It's like, no, no, no. Go score 50 goals. Go score goals. But if you add 40 assists or 35 assists, obviously that'd be nice. Yeah. But Thompson, to me, it's like he is just routinely putting up these two or three point nights yep. with a six point night thrown in there just for good measure. Multiple times. And it's just and over and over and over game. again. <laughs> and, and, and the Arizona game is maybe the perfect example of just a casual three point night. Yeah. And you're like, oh my word. Like, and, and, and maybe. He had three points? Yeah. Like, you're, like, oh. Like, like, I remember the crazy goal he scored to take the lead, but like, when did the two assists happen? I didn't, I didn't realize that. Right. And I think we've also gotten to a point, too, now. That we can have this conversation, and it's not because you hate you know the player that left, but like really look at the two guys when they were Sabers. Tage Thompson looks to be a better player than Jack Eichel when he was a Saber. He looks to be either at least on par with him. 
yeah, Eichel came in with a pedigree, the, but Thompson has now entered a stratosphere of like he's top ten at his position. Yeah. He yeah, is it's, unbelievable. It's the conversation definitely is there to have. I always argue, well, Eichel was always the more impactful player. Yeah. They he just never we obviously he just never had the team around him. It was yeah. always oh, only the yeah. one Don't line. Don't get me wrong, Tage's team like, is far more talented than any team Michael had. And that helped and that will help Tage in the long run too. Mm-hmm. It it just just when you look at hockey and strategically, it just helps them match up so much easier. Oh, absolutely. You have to I mean, teams have now have to match up not only against the Thompson line, but the Cousins line as well oh, every night. And that can be a nightmare. Line. And that can be a nightmare. They are they are legitimately two lines deep with a third line that sometimes gets a little frisky. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. And Krebs, by the way, was a player I was somewhat giving up on. With even, even like two weeks ago, I was kind of like, all right, Krebs is going to be the one young guy that just doesn't hit, which it's expected. In, I've never... in a sport that is so based off of potential and, and, and grooming players, not all of them are going to hit. Yeah. The funny thing for me was it was never really like I never thought Krebs was going to hit. I always thought – there's going to be a young guy that gets pushed pushed out, and, and Krebs to me Krebs really, feels like the he could be that, he, and he still feels like that, especially with guys like, just, especially because look at those being, three first round picks from last year: Savoy, Oslin, and Kulich. Yeah, I mean, like it, at some point, like all three of those guys are very are likely going to be. Obviously, yeah. barring trades, but yeah. you're anticipating. I mean, Kulich is literally just a step away from from. Being in the NHL, he's been playing pretty he's well. He's an in injury Rochester. to Olafson away. Yeah, that's what and it feels like. It, it, it they might be a bit aggressive, but that's it. Feels like he's an injury from Olafson away to just slotting into his spot. And it's like, all right, play. Yeah, d- do what you do. Do what this guy does. Yeah, and you're fine. You're yeah. good. But it's just they are now so much fun to talk about. Like I don't for years I would get bored of talking it. with the Sabers because it would be the constant conversation of it's the same stuff every year. Yeah, like Eichel's awesome, cool. We got Darlene. Oh, we still suck. Yeah. Oh, like nothing's going right. They still. Who are we taking in the top ten again? Oh, and and that was the thing too. That was I, Frank. You know I'm a, I'm a huge NFL draft junkie. Yep. Huge. I like th- like that's what really has kept me into football when I was younger and the Bills weren't good. Is I loved the draft. Mm-hmm. And I and I've kind of become that with the NHL. I don't know the prospects. But the moment they're drafted, I will keep up on them. It's it's just it's too tough to keep up with all the leagues. I mean, that's that's Brayton's become, job, not mine. Uh, Brayton, Brayton's the crazy NHL yeah, draft guy. I, well, the thing is, is I'm not far from Brayton as well. I love the I love the NHL draft. Oh, yeah. I love looking at prospects. But then it's like I'm doing it because I'm looking at the top prospects because mm-hmm. my team is always there. Exactly, my team is always there, and the Sabers would blow the draft every year because to me it almost felt like they didn't really care about the draft. They would get like the top guy that like was I guess kind of in that range, and then the moment the second round would hit, it was a tire fire. Yep, it was awful. Yep, and now they've gotten to a point where all of a sudden you're seeing like even these third, fourth round picks are producing on their junior teams mm-hmm. or overseas or where they are. Yeah, and you're like, ooh, you got oh, there's you like, might have something. There's there. something here. Like now you've gotten to a point where. NHL writers, national writers are talking about the plethora of riches and the overflow of young talent the Sabres have mm-hmm. to where it, it, they're, they're becoming the Oklahoma City Thunder of the NHL. To those mm. that don't watch basketball, the Oklahoma City Thunder have essentially just traded away every piece a few years ago for a ton of first-round picks, yeah. drafted a few young guys, and now they just keep accumulating these young guys so that essentially when they're ready to compete, when they feel like they are at that perfect spot to now, the next five or six years, we are going to be that team, they can trade away either these picks or some of these young guys that just they got left behind and they'll be able to compete. That's kind of what the Sabres feel like. Like a guy like Casey Middlestat putting up a three-assist night uh, not that long ago yeah, after having a not-great season at all. 
Yeah. Does feel like he's going to be a guy that's just kind of tossed into a trade piece. Krebs, who is now starting to turn it on, but up to that point, even his assist numbers, and he's a great passer, were low. It felt like he's going to you throw him in there. Even one of the three first-round picks they just had this year. Yeah, Savoy has been struggling and Savoy's in been struggling. Where at Austin least and Kulis have looked amazing. Of, right, at least based off of the the typical junior yeah. uh, curve and production mm-hmm. height that you see. We're even seeing it with the goaltending prospects, where Levi mm-hmm. is kind of the guy that, like, he's the... He's the presumed heir. Yeah, like that's like, that's the best way I can describe. He's the him. guy. Like he's the expected future. Yeah, like of the he's team. the guy. Of the yeah. Eric Portillo plays for Michigan, and is great, and it's just kind of expected. Like he either won't sign with the Sabers because he doesn't see room on the said Sabers, or they're just going to trade him. Yeah, to maybe even get like a more established goalie. Yeah, and then they drafted another goalie last draft too. Like it's there's a plethora of talent, and this is where like I do trust Adams so much with my life in terms of the Sabres because I'm like, he cares, and this is going to maybe sound a little selfish, he cares about what I care about, which is the draft, getting young talent. Yep. and then not free agency. It's not even just getting the talent, yeah. it's developing them it's too. The, it's developing. I would love if the Sabres become a team that is never worried about free agency outside of signing their own guys because they just draft replacement after replacement after yeah. replacement. They just draft this young, great talent. It's so hard to – but it's not, even then, a philosophy like that is still so hard to do. But oh, yeah, if you can pull it off, man, like you're a team that's going to be competing you're for, good for – You're good for a decade you're plus. Good, yeah, yeah, you look really the are. Young, you look how the young Sabres talk. Yeah. They all want to win a championship together. Yeah. Which means they're going to sign to stay together. Yeah. They will try their best to not leave. It's it, it to me, it is the perfect way to win. I know they cheated. The Houston Astros built their their World Series teams off of that. Mm-hmm. And and they, and they're still absurdly competitive even yeah. to this day. I mean, you, I mean, you look at you talk about Houston like that, and it's like they let Carlos Correa walk, and yeah. then they got Jeremy Pena. Yeah. Because they literally have his exact replacement, right? Who they've had for like four years. They let George Springer walk. Here comes Jordan Alvarez. Yeah. Like it, like it's. To me, in a perfect world, is absolutely how you build the closest a team. I could probably think for that. Obviously, maybe it's the an extreme closeness, but if when you look at the Red Wings, they mm-hmm. made the playoffs for what twenty five years straight. Yeah, and now you've always had guys come in and come up who they drafted. Like even in the midst of, the, of that streak, you know, they still have. You know, Lidstrom and Iserman yeah. and uh, they were, they were, Shanahan. They refused to die in the best and way. And they had Rafalski. Well, guess, well, guess who's waiting in the wings? Mm-hmm. Henrik Zetterberg. Yep. Pavel Datsuk. Like, they were, they were always ready to just keep going. Now, it got to a certain point where it's like, okay, tear it down. Yeah, well, then, it, like, it got to a point where they like stopped three, hitting on their later, picks. four years later, it was like, yeah. they're back. Well, that's the thing. It's like, at some point, you know, you're going to stop hitting on your pick. You're exactly. just going to stop. It's going to just not work anymore because you it's either an adapt, failure to adapt to, a new, to the new way mm-hmm. or whatever. And that... That did end up playing in Detroit. But if you look at the cap here, I mean, the closest team I could probably think of is look at Pittsburgh the last number of years. Absolutely. How, like, they've missed in, since it's in the post lockout, so in the Crosby year, how many years have they missed the playoffs? Rookie year. I can't oh, yeah. think of I mean, they, they, even, they even made it when Crosby had his concussion issues. Yeah. Because they their still teams made were it. so loaded. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wow. The, clo- the, other, the other closest, I guess you could say, would be the, the bubble year, but that's like, you know. Yeah. You know, do you count get if you count losing in the qualifying round as not making the playoffs? Then sure, whatever, because mm-hmm. that's what happened. But otherwise, Pittsburgh's always in. They were always there. They're always there. Incredible. Yeah, and I mean, you have to have the guys, the certain core guys, to lead the way. And for Pittsburgh, it's always been Crosby, Malkin, Latang. Yeah, and, and then for the long time, Flurry. But mm-hmm. when you have, but when you have that, and you're still able to draft guys, I mean, they. They found Connor Sherry when they did. Yep. They found Brian Russ, and they found Jake Gensel. 
Yeah, they, they did. They were able. I mean, you you swing trades as well. Like people forget that Brian Dumoulin was traded there in when they traded Jordan Stahl to Carolina. What's the thing? Even even look how Colorado built their team. It was all through young guys, young and guys a, and in drafting, a few, yeah, and a few spicy trades. Yep. That um, that's you don't build through free agency. You yeah. build through drafting and a few trades to really complete the puzzle. Yep. That's what you do. Yep. That's I've always been. I've mm-hmm. always said that that's how you do it. It's you can't overspend on free agency because then you can't sign your, your the guys that you want to build your team around. And those are the guys that are the free going agency. To hit. Free agency you use to complement the guys mm-hmm. that you have. You're used to just you just to get those little puzzle pieces there. Okay, we need this. Okay, let's go out and get this. You know, but get if the you need fourth a, liner, yeah, just, the gritty you know. the, the gritty fourth liner, the guy who could win you some faceoffs mm-hmm. or this. Defenseman who's probably going to play third pair of minutes. You need a backup goalie. Yep. You know, you go out, you go out and get a backup goalie for agency. You know, but otherwise, if your core is set, where you have a number one center, you have a number two center. You got some good wingers around them. Mm-hmm. You've got a number one defenseman. You've maybe got even a number two defenseman if you're lucky. And if you're and if you're even more lucky, you've got yourself a goalie. Yeah. Then. You've got then you've got everything you need to build a team. You just got to fill the rest up with just puzzle pieces at that point. And the Sabers have that. They've mm-hmm. got all of that right now. They have two scoring lines with Thompson, Tuck, Skinner, Paterka, Quinn, Cousins. You got a top six set Snow for probably the next ten years, maybe mm-hmm. whatever. Then you really, have really you're only taking Skinner out of that exactly. Eventually, yeah, exactly. And then you have Darlene and you have power. And then you complement that with Matias Samuelson. Oh, I love him. There you go. I, you're I set. adore him. You're set. You're realistically you're set on defense. You don't need to do as much as you think. Mm-hmm. And then you just need the goalie. And yep. realistically, I don't. I don't look at goalie as they have to go out and get a guy like now or anything. They don't have to go out and get the best guy available. Like Connor Hellebuck's not available. You could maybe you could swing Demko, but it has to be for the right price. Mm-hmm. But even then, I mean, goalies are just voodoo nowadays. Just get a guy who fits. There's, there's who, who no fits team that's going to get, get hot number one. Yeah, and you, you need just get a guy who you think can get hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. That's the way to do it. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show as we get ready for Sabres pregame. The Sabres taking on the Vegas Golden Knights tonight at 10. Pre-game coming up at 9 with Brian Koziel and Paul Hamilton. That's coming up next here on WGR. Welcome back. Quick final segment as we wrap up the nightcap here on a football Monday. Victory Monday for the Buffalo Bills after taking down the Miami Dolphins 32-29 to on Saturday night. We're going to get you ready for Sabres pregame with Brian Koziel and Paul Hamilton. That's coming up in just about five minutes. Sabres take on the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. No Jack Eichel. He's on IR, so a little bit of that extra spice to this game will not be there. But the Buffalo Sabres are looking for their fourth straight win. They are starting to push a little bit for a playoff position. Five points away from the Islanders, four away from the Washington Capitals. Going to be a big night as the Sabres also look to sweep this little West Coast trip they've got going on. That's going to do it for the nightcap. Frank, thank you so much for coming in as well as he gets ready to produce the Sabres game. Came in a little bit early to help me out tonight as we had an extended show. That'll do it here. This is the nightcap. Coming up next, Sabres pregame here on WGR. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. 
Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.